Welcome to Bevington Banter, the show where we can sound like we're arguing even when we all agree. I'm Cassidy, and together with my brother Cade and dad Randy, each week we discuss a selection of news stories, topics surrounding the culture, and matters of freedom and faith. Thanks for listening. Follow and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Share it, and if you like what you hear, rate it five stars on Apple and Spotify. So we have no Cade this week. The girls are sick, and he's got to be a, be a dad. So that happens. So claps for him for being a dad, doing a good thing. You'd put in here a question about, and we kind of brought this up back when uh, the they Biden first signed the order for student loan reimbursement or forgiveness, and we had talked about, you know, if who could bring a case against this, if people could bring a case, and we kind of talked about legal standing, and I didn't, I don't know a ton, I didn't know a ton about it besides, you know, that there is such thing as legal standing, where it came from, and you had added in the notes, why shouldn't any American citizen have legal standing to bring a constitutionally based case, and I'm like, that's a great question, so I did the research so that you all don't have to, of where that comes from. Well, let me just say before you go on and give what you found, I... I did not dig into this because I don't really care what their excuse is. I, I'm pretty confident I know what excuse they'll use why an American citizen cannot right. does not have standing on anything that is lined, outlined in the Constitution. I'm pretty sure I know what they'll say. They that doesn't mean they're right. They're they're wrong. Yes. So anyways, that's what go I. Ahead. So so first of all, the three requirements for legal standing in order to sue or to bring a case that. Or they say you have to have are that the um not defend the what would be the what would be the person the plaintiff yes there you go the plaintiff has to have suffered a distinct and palpable injury as a result of the pu- putatively illegal conduct of the defendant so some kind of like real physical or economic right. injury the injury is fairly traceable to the challenged conduct, so it can be traced to, like, actually, you know, the defendant, or it could be traced to somebody, theoretically the defendant, and it is likely to be redressed if the request relief is granted. So the idea that the court can issue, like, there can be some kind, the defendant can do something to pay back or to make it up or to fix the situation. Um, and that the, the court would have some, you know, could issue some sort of ruling that could actually serve as redress so those are the three things and they come from the they call it the case or controversy clause of the constitution which article three is the judiciary article or the article on the judiciary branch and in section two it lays out what types of cases like the role of federal courts the supreme court and it does list the types of cases in which the supreme court could rule and so they so like on any case that is in law and equity arising under the constitution the laws of the united states and treaties made or that will be made they can rule in any cases involving ambassadors or other you know public ministers or consuls cases of admiralty and maritime jurisdiction and and then controversies that include the united where the united states is a party or between two states, or between a state and citizens of another state, or between citizens of different states, or between citizens of the same state, but that fall under uh, claiming lands under grants of different states. So there has to be some kind of crossing borders, right? Or between a state and the city, state or the citizens and like a foreign state. 
Um, and I would think that under these, that the executive branch would be considered... Well, I thought, so this issue, this particular issue, I'm wondering if an executive order counts under cases involving a law or if it's an executive order so it's not a law. But then the other thing I would think is if the, but the executive branch, I'm guessing, would be a, considered a controversy in which the United States would be a party. So I think it would fall under, like, I mean, it's a, obviously constitution, an issue of the constitution, your issue is that it's non-constitutional. So it should fall under the, you know, these purviews, right? We could agree on that. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. But then, Th- but as far what, as the you're, standing. You're demonstrating one thing that this is all made way too complicated. It doesn't need to be yes. this complicated. Right. Because in here, I'm like, where in here do they see stand? Like, do these three laws of standing come from? They say it comes from basically the paragraph that I read most of word for word. Nowhere in there do I hear, you know, that those three requirements that they make up, right? That I have to be harmed, even though I could say that I, I can. Like, anyway, I absolutely it's completely could, contrived. I absolutely could claim uh, and demonstrate that, that I'm being harmed by an executive order that forgives a half a trillion dollars right. worth of uh, student loans. Well, I'll tell you why later they say that that's not, a, that's not valid. So there's three... These three requirements are completely contrived from precedent and interpretation of what is considered a quote-unquote case or a quote-unquote controversy because they – it says, right, cases and controversies. So they're saying in order for it to be an actual case or a controversy, these three things must be evident. And there's some – we'll cite where, um, where you can see wh- where those precedents were put. But then they took it even further and they made this thing – courts have – determine this thing called prudential standing so going even beyond those three requirements it says that courts can refuse to hear a case um in at least three situations one when the litigant seeks to assert the rights of a third party not of third parties not before the court so it's like someone else and that is that has that was my understanding was always that was the core of standing I can't go sue right. on the behalf that's, of somebody yes. else. And that's right. where it stops. That's, that's the, one, the concept yeah. of standing should stop right there. Well, they also say that they can refuse to rule in case number two when the litigant seeks redress for a – this is why I think that you can't make this case against um, Biden's loan re- reimbursement thing because – they can refuse when litigants seek redress for a generalized grievance widely shared by a large number of citizens that is better addressed legislatively. Why? I don't know. It's And I will cite, again, we'll put links in because they state um, these things were laid out in precedent and rulings in cases like United States versus Windsor or Elk Grove United School District versus New That doesn't New mean Dow. they didn't There's a couple rule more. incorrectly. Incorrectly. I know. We've already learned, right? We just learned precedent can be incorrect. Precedent. Look at what just happened in Dobbs. As far as I'm concerned, I don't want to hear the word precedent anymore. I don't want it to be used as a concept. I want it to be used as bathroom tissue. That's what I think of precedent. And then the third one, just for completeness here, is when the litigants... Ad- Asserted interests do not fall within the zone of interests arguably protected or regulated by the statute or constitutional provision underlying its claims. Now, that's a lot of word salad, I think. <laughs> I, you know, I understand the idea of 
um, standing when uh, you have, say, I have, I'm in a contracted agreement with somebody else, and uh, that contract is violated. You know, if, if I'm not a party to that contract, then I don't have standing to bring, um, you know, to bring a lawsuit. But in the idea of anything that's constitutional, it all applies to me as as a citizen, and it does yes. have an effect on me. Yeah. And so I don't know why I shouldn't be able to. Any citizen should be able to bring a a lawsuit where the Constitution right. is violated. And and what can when they say we're not going to hear this because it's generalized and it should be addressed legislatively. What are we supposed to do when it's an executive order that's out of bounds? And, right. And you have and, and, and you have a president that is so gone mentally that he thinks it went through Congress and it passed by a vote or two. He did say that. Because he that said was that. Crazy. That's yeah. nuts. He, he's, and they said he was they they said afterwards that White House or whatever said he was mixing conflating it with the Inflation Reduction oh, Act. Oh, so something. he's nuts and he doesn't yeah, know so what he's, he's talking about yeah. is what you're saying. Yeah. I don't care how you explain it. He didn't yeah. know what he was. He did not understand what he was saying. He, he wasn't mentally capable of recalling what had actually happened that he had exi- assigned it by an executive order. You know, that's like he just said that gas was five dollars a gallon when he took office he he said that i i've seen the tape he's delusional now i also saw that in another a quote from another ruling of a case worth v selden that congress can grant an express right of action to persons who otherwise would be barred by prudential standing rules so like you'd still have to fall under the three, the first three standing rules, but Congress could allow someone to say, "Oh, you know, just because you're saying this is a generalized thing, and you know, it doesn't we can reject it." Congress can say, "No, you have to, you have to hear it." What you described in reading through all that, who makes you know, makes it so complicated, is part yeah. of the problem of why the courts don't move quickly. It doesn't have to take so long. For a, for a case to be decided, when you have the First Amendment, let's just make this, you know, boilerplate bottom line here. You have the First Amendment, our first most basic right, freedom of speech. So when Twitter or Facebook or something like that takes your speech and throws it away, blocks it, you know, deplatforms it, they've violated the First Amendment. That takes five minutes to decide I have freedom of speech, and you violated my freedom of speech. Ruled. Right. I was, was going mean, to say, I understand. It doesn't need to be this complicated. I was going to say that I understand why the Supreme Court would need some guidelines. Otherwise— They have it. It's called the Constitution. You know, no, I'm no, not guidelines. I could, I could I mean, decide. For, for hearing cases, I'm saying otherwise, I could, like, you can't hear every, you know, everybody, you know, left and right, people making cases, like— but that's why there's lower courts. And like you said, if they could be, you know, as easily done as like you could blow through them. If they I could were... decide 72 cases a day. Yeah. Five minutes a case, yeah. 12 cases per hour, eight hours in a day. I mean, it's obviously you couldn't, but you could do a whole lot more than what right. they do. Yeah. When you have clear constitutional violation Without all these other nonsense that they bring into it, all this precedent and bad law that's gone on down in the past, 
um, you could go through cases a lot faster. And a lot of them would not have to go to the Supreme Court. Right, because in lower courts they would be yes. decided. Right. And appeals would just be rejected. So, you know, it, I wasn't thinking specifically about the um, the tuition, you know, forgiveness, whatever, yeah. the, the loan forgiveness. But it's a good example. I mean, the, he clearly does not have the, – the executive – does not have the the power of the purse that falls right. within Congress. Right, like where does that Congress. fall? And as far as like, I have to show that I've suffered a palpable injury and that it's traceable to the conduct and it can be redressed. Which, like, first of all, yeah, it's because it's my taxpayer dollars. But I don't care. The president did something outside of what the Constitution says is his. Right. Within his power. And that's why I say, why shouldn't any yeah. citizen be able to bring uh, a case saying Joe Biden, as the president, as the chief executive, does not have the constitutional power to to do this? And and if he well, does, and if he does implement it, it will have an effect on me as an American citizen. Therefore, I have standing. I guess it's not yet realized. Well, it's been so, blocked by a court. Yeah. A court has blocked yeah. it. Right. Because I I suppose. You know, who's supposed to keep the executive branch in check is the legislative and the judicial. Correct. So they should be doing it without. We shouldn't have to bring a case in this case, like when it's something like this, which I guess so because a judge, uh, because a court did block it, which is correct. We shouldn't have to bring a case. Those other branches should already be keeping them in check. Yeah, but obviously they don't. I mean, it it's surprising. I forget who I heard speaking about this recently. About how what you and I know, because we uh, absorb, you know, news, they don't, Congress people, a lot of them, they don't know what we know about what's going on in the culture and, 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 and in the, the society and just in general. Because they're so, you know, if they are plugged in, that you know, they're busy doing their little thing in their little world. And I mean, if I had to deal with that all day, I wouldn't want to go home and turn on the news at night and find out what else was going on in the world either. I would have to have staffers that I would tell them, okay, it's your job to listen to this person. It's your job to listen to this person. You're, you know, and, and see what they say every day right. and then report to me and then report it. You also to don't me. have time to listen to right. the right. amount of podcasts that I listen to. Right. Yeah. If you're doing your job. Right. So, I mean, I kind of understand that, but in a lot of cases, they just don't know. And the other, and, but again, there's only about six of them that are worth anything. And the rest of them have fallen into the trap of, um, you know, power and money, basically. I don't, I don't, I know how else to, you know, describe it. Um, they certainly aren't looking out for the welfare of the American citizen and the, and the welfare of the country. Otherwise, something so blatantly unconstitutional as the loan forgiveness, you know, Congress, Congress as a whole, how does Congress as a whole not stand up and say, no, Joe, you, you don't have the authority to do this? Because half of them, it's their guy. Do I they even understand. know the Congress? I mean, it's, I, I almost, and this is really bad, but I almost have felt like it's pointless to even point at the constitution anymore and use that for our basis of our argument. We, we've, we all think that that is the foundation of, of our, you know, the law in this country, but it isn't anymore. It's not even, it, they don't even pretend like it is anymore. 
And no. and that piece of paper can't do anything unless people demand that it be enforced. And if we don't have the our elected officials demanding that it be enforced, then it's just paper. Like we're so far from it though at this point. How could you even get back? You know, there would be so much that would have to be stripped away and re like man. Right, because it's, because it's almost infeasible. Yeah, I mean, because ninety five percent of what's going on at the federal level is not constitutional. Yeah, so they've used so, so, then, so much so, power. So what do you do? I, I don't. We just temper it, and you just have to start. You have to pick the big things that have the. You have to start yeah. at the biggest things that make the biggest impact, and, and start mm. and start there. Um, I, I, in fact, I was thinking about this today. I listened to. Um, I listened to this guy, an interview with a guy named Dr. Richard Epstein, 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 and he is um, doing work in what goes on basically like with Google and other big tech and how they manipulate us. Mm-hmm. And it is horrifying. Basically, listening to him, Google runs the world. I mean, what they can do to generate, you know, in moder- um guide and direct and change public opinion is astonishing mm-hmm. and he has you know the numbers to back it up it's pretty incredible so you have to you have to find some way to and i don't even and I, this one i don't know how you do it. this might be the hardest thing well i don't know how you take and you legislate some control on the big tech um and he said it's almost impossible to do any legislation because ch- tech changes so fast as soon as you yeah, you know, true. legislate yeah. one thing. There's, you know, you're already a couple steps down the road to something else that they're that they're doing, and uh, and a way to do it. So, but there's, you know, there are big. You'd have to just find the biggest, most impactful things and start at the top and start working your way through the list. Did you see? Um, I've seen like a half a dozen at least different sources say that PayPal has slip their $2,500 confiscation back into their uh, oh. user agreement. I've not Once, heard anything about it since they, since it, the initial happening right. people. Well, supposedly since it calmed, well, yeah. since the, 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 you know, it calmed down, they, right. they've slipped it back in. Which is unfortunate, which I mean, I wouldn't doubt it because of the way that our attention, you know, goes, everything oh. is so fleeting in this. All they have to do is, you know, wait a couple of days and they can do it and, Nobody cares anymore, but whatever. My account's already closed, so. Yeah, me, me, mine too. Speaking of things that we just move on from, I want to. I, I just thought this recently. Uh, what happened to the pipeline? Where's our answers on that? And I heard somebody ask. Jo- I heard yeah. I asked heard somebody ask John Kirby the other day. Um, he's a um, you know defense spokesman. I think it's. Um, anyways, he's for the. A spokesman for the Defense Department, some something like that. He he's a former Navy admiral, um, and he said he had no new information. So that to me was, I said when this first happened that if we did not come out with any information about what really happened, that means we did it, um, and that is the final thing for me. We did it without having actual proof to, you know, to present in a court of law, uh, we did it. Like I said, we have the ability to know who did it through acoustic analysis. 
Um, and if we've never, we've, we've, we can know, and yet we don't say we know, and we've not, and we just forget about it and move on, that just means we did it. Yeah, all I'm seeing as far as like the most recent stories just say Sweden to further investigate the damage. Um, another one, <laughs> like we didn't know this, second line of Nord Stream 2 gas pipeline probably destroyed by explosions, Germany says, one day ago. <laughs> uh, didn't we know that day one? That's what I thought. <laughs> So, but 11 hours ago, this is a story that Sweden is to further investigate. There was another story recently that I just thought, where did that disappear to? And I can't remember what it was now, but uh, look at that, it's disappeared again. And you know what? Google can make us forget about it by just stopping what you see when you, yeah, I don't use Google. Um, no, but I don't either. When I do have an occasion to go there for something, it is amazing how when I know there are certain stories out there and yet Google and they're the like dominant stories or prom- prominent stories and they don't pull them up and show them to me till maybe if they're there, they're way down in the list. Yeah, they definitely control that. So I, I don't know if you've been on Twitter in the last 24 hours. You know what? I have. I got on Twitter earlier and I retweeted. I retweeted Brett Cooper's Make Twitter Great Again. Yeah. I, what I saw last night was everybody was just going on there saying all the stuff that they weren't allowed to say. Right. Yesterday. Somebody made, this is now officially the offensive meme thread. And like, yeah. And people are like, censorship test and just saying. <laughs> well, yeah. People, I, I saw one guy go on there, like, give a whole list, like, you know, the election was stolen. The right. the MR men can't have babies. Yeah, men can't have babies. The vaccine is ineffective. It just yeah. you know, made a list and just posted it. <laughs> but I, I personally, I think that I, I find it funny. I, I think it's funny when I see people people do that. Yes. There was. Well, did you see? Uh, there was a question that a reporter asked um, Jean Claude Keely. What's her name? Corinne. Corinne Jean Pierre. Yeah. Um, the only Jean I know is Jean Claude Keeley. He's a skier from way back in the seventies. Anyways, um, it is they asked her a question and she just stood there, closed her book, and said, "I'm done now," and walked off. That was her response no, to the I, question that she was asked. No, I don't. And it was a pretty. I, no I mean, idea. it was a. It was definitely a question from a conservative point of view, but there was nothing outrageous about the question. Now they're reporting that we're down to twenty five days left of diesel. I heard that. Was that Crowder? That I don't it's know. all over. I mean, it's, it was on yeah. Fox. It was on Bongino's talked about yeah. it. It's yeah. That's an that's that's as scary as anything. Yeah, trucks. Yeah, like if we didn't have a problem already, that's scary. you know that this uh, railroad strike that they were supposed to have resolved is not resolved because they one of the one of the parties to it has rejected it. Was that your other story we forgot about? No, no. But it's it's out there. I mean, so it's they. It was I forget. It wasn't the railroad workers themselves, but it was somebody that's a part of that union and other aspect that that rejected it. I mean, and I guess from a pure business standpoint, why not? You've got them over a barrel. I mean, on the other hand, though, I'm not so sure that we do have them over a barrel because they they want. I keep using the word chaos 
but it's not chaos from there. It's planned chaos from their standpoint, you know. Yeah, orchestrated. Right. Yeah. So I don't know that they they're they're okay they with this chaos. They are the Leviathan. I'm sorry. I'm going through Job like deep dives, and Leviathan is like the chaos monster, basically mm. in ancient. Like that was so. They are the Leviathan. Hmm. Okay. Well, then they are the Leviathan, I guess, because they want this planned chaos because it makes us a little uh, relinquish control to them come in and save us. And so everything that's being done to destroy, um, you know, food and fuel and heating, um, you couldn't possibly be this bad at your job unless it's intentional. Sorry, now I'm kind of thinking like of biblical and them being the Leviathan and the implications of that statement. But yeah. So, so what do you think about the way elections are turning i i hear i was going to say people would be shocked if they listened to this episode and we didn't bring up the oz and fetterman debate and other things but however without Cade, we don't have we can't play audio clips so you won't we won't be able to laugh at um or just be appalled by uh the unfortunate you know fetterman not being present uh at that debate but yeah, we can at least mention that things are a lot of polls, a lot of shocking polls where Republicans are closing the gap or pulling ahead or pulling ahead by surprising amounts. Um, the ones that stand out, well, very happy that in Nevada, both our Senate and gov- gubernatorial races seems like the Republican is pulling ahead. But things that are surprising are like the New York gubernatorial race closing, Michigan that one and Oregon. Oh my gosh. When has Oregon had a Republican governor? Yeah, I don't know. And that one's in play. That that election is in play. It's one it's 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 interesting to look at what the Democrats have run on poll. They pull it polls so low in what people care about. People care about inflation. They care about um, you know, their kids, they care about um, they care about immigration. Those, I mean, the top three things are very consistent on what the Democrat voter cares about, what the independent voter cares about, what the Republican voter cares about. They all care about the top same things. Um, so, I, I, and and yet, what you know, the Democrats are running on are things that pull way down like in 15th place i mean 15th most important on people's list it's not so you wonder what what's do they just not know or are they that cultishly committed to child sacrifice and um you know child grooming and i mean i don't i don't what's the logic behind that how they could be so wrong like they they have to know that these issues like, how did they not correct it? Well, I think it's because they don't have any other options. So you could say they might know that, by and large, abortion is not as big, is not, you know, a top of that mind, of top of mind, when it comes to voting in these primaries, or in these um, elections, not primaries anymore, um, but the, but they don't have another option. If people care about economy and jobs, well, they can't go to economy and jobs because they've been horrible at it and they can't fix it they are incapable of fixing it right now right you You know what i mean right you can't speak out against um immigration 
when you've got record Im- record illegals coming into the country right. and you want it to happen. You can't speak out about inflation, I guess, um, when you're 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 wanting the economy to tank. You want less, you know, gas and diesel and all that out there being used, which is if you want to change the inflation and economy picture, the first the, the number one thing you do is you go tell the oil companies, okay, here's your leases, go drill, start producing. That that would have such an impact, and people do care about it because um, I keep uh, watching this drill account from Strive Fund Management for non ESG energy exploration, and it even when the market was going down, it's making money, it's going up. Um, the you know the shares are increasing, so. Um, People care about it. So you can't, they can't, they, they've just put themselves in a position. They can't go out and speak against those things um, and campaign on issues that they are trying to bring chaos in. There is, I mentioned this Dr. Richard Epstein, um, and he said that if they think that they're in the ballpark where they might, they can campaign on these things because they think that the manipulation of of the elections that it can get them over the hump. It can close that you know couple percentage points that they may be down because he was showing how through the way they algorithmically showed information to voters in certain segments, they could change the people's opinions by as much as sixty percent. It was it was insane. He said, he said, you're talking, we have the ability to change millions of votes. And, you know, when you're only talking about in a certain area, you don't need those numbers. You just need, a, you know, a, a small number in a, in a certain area to change a, a congressional race or maybe a, a, a gubernatorial race. So he actually, his wife, um, he, his wife was killed. And he actually believes that she was killed in attempt going after him. And he was warned that he was warned that he was going to be killed by somebody. Told this is what he says in this interview. It's pretty wild. And then he's had a lot of. They have a lot of other their top people that have been intimidated, and even physically, this woman, her husband was attacked, and she knows it was directed at her. It was to intimidate her, anyways. And so she quit um, working for them. It's pretty astonishing. It was a pretty astonishing interview. But, but, but they understand that with big tech, they, they can um, maybe close. If they're down a couple points, they can close it. He said, he said right there, he said, I promise you, Ron Johnson, because of big tech election manipulation, he cannot win Wisconsin. He promised it. He promised that Ron Johnson will not win his senator senatorial race in Wisconsin because of big tech manipulation. I mean, I, I I'm I'm really curious to see. I'm that's one I'm de- definitely one I'm going to check out first thing on election day. What what's happening in that race? Now, I think Ron Johnson has closed the gap some since that interview was conducted. So I don't know. I do not know. On this idea of chaos, when I, I'm thinking about the implications of what I said, of saying, like, the Leviathan is in, like, mythology 
ancient was understood as the chaos embodiment of chaos and this like serpent monster or whatever and that's why job invokes him when all of this seemingly chaos happens to him in his life and so if you go later in revelation when it talks about this giant red dragon so a leviathan was thought to be some kind of serpent or sea monster or a dragon and so a lot of people believe that that in revelation is also in reference to this leviathan figure and so i'm just you know i'm not trying to be like an end times you know person but it just made me just food for thought thinking about if this chaos monster is at the is this you know in the revelation 12 and 13 the dragon who appears and he swept his swept his tail swept down a third of the stars in heavens and cast them to the earth and the dragon stood before the woman who was about to give birth so that when she bore her child he might devour it and then in 13 it exercises all the another beast comes exercises all the authority of the first beast in its presence and makes the earth and its inhabitants worship the first beast whose mortal wound was healed it performs great signs even making fire come down from heaven and earth in front of people and by the signs that it is allowed to work in the presence of the beast. It deceives those who dwell on earth, telling them to make an image for the beast that was wounded by the sword and yet lived. I don't know what the first beast and the second beast are, but somebody definitely is orchestrating chaos. Yeah, it's surprising how many um, secular commentators have begun to look spiritually for explanations of what's behind the chaos and evil, the intentional evil that we see going on in the world and calling it spiritual. I mean, they're not wrong. It's just good to see them getting on board with it. I don't want to make any pronunciations or judgments, so I'm just going to leave it there. <laughs> well, <clears throat> like I've said, it for the first time, I, I see how they can have this idea of, um, with a digital control of people, uh, the whole yeah. idea of the mark of the beast and controlling people, what they can buy, sell, and trade, those kind of things. is And, and they want it bad. Um, it's one of the reasons I would say if, you, if, you, if it's planned chaos on their part, uh, it would be an explanation of why um, they continue to put us farther and farther in debt. We're now, you know, 31 plus trillion dollars in debt. And let's send another $50 billion to Ukraine this week. Um, that kind of thing, because it, you make the system, you make it so bad that, you know, here's the way to fix it, to go to this CBDC, central bank digital currency. Um, you know, and people are going to, people are going to, um, Let's say I've lost fifty thousand dollars in in uh, in my account because of inflation, and that's what's happening. Inflation is you know going doing away with our the worth of our dollars. So the government says oh, well, we can make that up to you if you'll change out your dollars for this digital currency, and we'll give it back to you, and people will go for it. That is just as meaningless. If yeah. It is. You're right. It's not a good thing, but from their standpoint, it is. I know. Yeah. What? So you brought up earlier, um, it's hard to legislate tech and they're part of the people orchestrating all of this and controlling thought. And you just mentioned how the Wisconsin race, right, that 
that guy had said there's no way he's going to win because of tech and like the changing of ideas. So, um, and then in part of that, he said it's hard to legislate tech because it's changing so quickly. Along those lines of tech developments, right, is AI. And you had thrown in here something about AI, but didn't put details. So, you want to tell me about that? Yeah, I, I, I don't know the details of it. I just heard uh, a conversation where a gentleman made the statement that in the future, as we move forward, it, artificial intelligence, AI, is going to increase so much. We are, we are developing a society that is dependent upon it. It's going to do and run and can, you know, so much of what we do, and it's only going to increase, and it seems to be um, increasing exponentially, um, that we we don't have the power, we don't have the power to to, to run it. I mean, it, its power consumption is so great that it, we we do not have the needed power to run what we're going to want to have in AI. You know, controlling and running and you know so much of our of our infrastructure in this country. So much of what we do now where we have people running and making decisions and shifting, you know, shifting power and right. shifting supplies and, and, you know, all these different things, all that stuff is, they want, is going to be controlled by artificial intelligence to make those decisions. I'm not going to lie. I'm not too upset at the idea that we won't be able to use no, I know. artificial intelligence. <laughs> I know, but it, it goes back to the fact that, you know. Right. They, they, they're saying this. Well, at the same time. Right. Uh, damaging our ability or sources of power and electricity. Right. 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 So, yeah. I mean, that's, that's as much as I had heard about it. I just, it just caught my attention when I heard that. I thought, wow, that is really, really interesting. Well, because when it's only two people who work in ministry on the podcast, we end up more in theological questions relating, kind of related to AI. I heard an interview uh, with the host of a podcast. So I wasn't listening to their podcast. I heard him on another one. And the show is called Blurry Creatures. And they talk a lot about it was they said they were bored during, you know, the shutdown a couple of years ago. And they started this um, podcast just like looking into these ideas of blurry creatures. Basically, it's the idea of creatures that people claim to see, but you never see like, you know, blurry photos like Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, all this stuff. And digging like, where does all this come from? And um, really trying to trace back like to old where like the origins of all these myths and things like that. And one of the things they talk about is the Nephilim in scripture, who I understand to be kind of like these half, when it says the fallen sons of God, like the fallen angels that came down and perhaps, you know, created some sort of offspring being that wasn't supposed to be in the creation plan. And that's why God wipes them out. Um, And because they weren't, you know, fully human, they weren't made in God's image in that way. And, but it raised, they start talking about transhumanism then and the way we're augmenting, like we want to augment people. Right now it's all, you know, in the metaverse and meta world, but there are a lot of different physical augmentations people can do. And they're starting to mess with, you know, we have where we can identify, you have the human genome and we can look at different DNA things. And and they they kind of start talking about, is there a point at which, you know, in this transhumanism, there, we're altering ourselves. Humans start altering themselves to the extent that you're no longer like you're this new kind of Nephilim where you're not the intended creation. Like you altered your DNA or your being or whatever. You're no longer made in God's image. And then there's some like loss of soul. I think you're it was super weird. I <clears throat> never, I mean, I think, um, 
I track with what you're saying, and I hear more and more discussion about this idea of transhumanism. Um, I, I, the loss of soul is one way of put it. I, what comes immediately to my mind is loss of individual. I, I'm, I'm not me. Um, whatever contentment I have uh, in anything I've done in life, if there's anything I can feel that I've done well in, it's because I did it. I did it. I made the decision. I did the work. I practiced the self-discipline. I, I did that. Now, I have very few things <laughs> that I'm really happy with how well I've done in life at, but whatever it is that I have done, I did that. That's my accomplishment. In, well, you had got not in some combination with some machine. Okay, but, that but you were. right, but I and yes, I will yeah. give credit to God. Yeah. But I allowed Him right. to work in me or through me. I, I, I gave I exercised my free will to partner with God right. to do something. But you mean not? Yeah, not because you altered yourself or right. You know, gave yourself some sort of super brain. Exactly. Or, you know. And, 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 and just because I'm I don't know just because I'm playing the part of like conspiracy or whatever person today what if that what if this becomes mark of the beast it's like an altering oh very easily you know a human altering thing yeah very. and that's why you it's it becomes like this unpardonable because if you take it you've now lost your humanity kind of let's let me posit this it seems like there are so few people that are, I mean, what you and I sit here and talk about and Cade, we are in the very small percentage of people in this country that stay up, you know, at the level that we do engaged in this kind of stuff. So the vast majority of people don't care and they're not engaged. Um, so they are, they would be okay with, and there's a lot of people, even really smart people, like an Elon Musk and this. He loves the idea of transhumanism. Right. Um, and he's got a lot of people hooked and interested in right. him and following him. Here, and here's where I'm going with this. I, I don't have I, – I'm willing to stand to the end for the ideas put forth at the founding of this country because I believe they're that important. Freedom – liberty for the individual um, and the individual is supreme with God you know with in, inalienable rights given from God I'm willing to give my life to defend that because there is nothing more sacred and important to me than my individual person mm. and the whole idea of transhumanism does away with that yeah like I see, I've seen this video, and you can only know. And I, I really think, as an individual, you really, I only have come into more of the understanding of who I am, and knowing who I am as an individual, and you know, really, and and the importance, and then the understanding, and the empowerment, and contentedness in that. I I've only gained that by drawing in and having a closer communion with God right? because he's because, the one that created it and revealed right. it to me. You are yeah. who you are so because he created it. So that is a created, very holy, right. that is a very, very holy thing. Right. Sacred thing. This is, yeah. for, for what better or worse, this is who God created me to be and it's up to me with his strength and guidance to do with it the best I can. 
Um, it's I see I've seen this video that was popping up all the time on Twitter of where they did this demonstration of asking, you know, um, people are standing in a line in the middle of a room and then there are graded lines in both directions. You know, if you feel, uh, if you feel proud of your blackness, you know, move to the right. If you're proud to be black. black. Okay. If you're proud, you know, and, and, and if you're proud, and of to course, be, everyone right. moves. Here, everyone here's my point. The, and then they say, are you, but wait, we to finish. And then they say, are, if you're proud to be, I'm proud to be white. And, you know, you can tell people are uncomfortable because they're going to be told they're, you know, if they move because they're white and they're proud that they're white, whatever, they're going to be told they're racist and it makes everybody uncomfortable. But I think that you're going somewhere where both of those things are ridiculous. Are ridiculous. If you yeah. ask me anything, if I'm proud of it, that, that has that I don't have control over, I have right. I have no opinion one way or the other because I have no part in it. I'm only I'm only proud or ashamed, if you will, or disappointed in myself of things that are within my control. I mean, yeah. it's I mean, I told you this. I mean, I, this goes back to what I told you when you were young and and you come home from eighth grade and you've taken every single academic award they had to offer. And, you know. I told you, I said, this is a gift that you've been given. You didn't do anything to earn it. You know, um, you, you can use it, you can develop it, but it's not, it's you, it's you, you didn't deserve it. You didn't earn it. This is a gift from God. You're responsible for what you do with it. Do you remember that? Yeah. And I say that I quote that I say, you know, my dad used to tell me when people will say things about, you know, I'm so being so intelligent or being intimidated by that. And I tell people, that intelligence or being quote unquote smart, it's all what we deem as what the world deems as more valuable. What kind of intelligence is more valuable? Right. And I tell people, you know, I'm talking to them that their gift or, you know, what they, the things that they're good at that I'm not just because I might have a mind for reason and logic. Right. I see things in other people that I don't have. And I tell them, you know, my dad used to tell me also and, and I'll, I'll quote that because it has made it's it was impactful and it's helped me to keep pride tempered now there definitely have been times i i struggle with pride in that area but if it were not for that being in if it were not for that being instilled in me i would i i would not want to see who i would would be yeah you can be you can be proud of what you do with the gift that you were given Yes. You can say, I'm satisfied. I've done well with what the gift that I was given. But the gift itself, that's not yours. And, you know, you look at, we look at people that we value their beauty or their whatever. They, it's, they weren't, you know, they, they didn't have anything to do with how God created their, be- their physical beauty. Um, I take a certain level of if you want to use the word pride, for lack of a better term, in being, you know, my age and as fit as I am, because I work my butt off to do that. That's my effort. But, you know, if you just say, well, he's handsome or he's ugly or whatever, well, I have nothing to do about mm-hmm. that. You know, that's why. You can't help that you have a milk dead head. No, I tell people, it's like, look, I'm old, I'm ugly. You know, I'm bald. I can't do anything. No, I can't do anything about those you're things. You're ruggedly handsome. Yeah. Yes. Um, I can't do anything about those three things, but I can do something about being fit. That's under my control. Those other things are not. And so to take pride in any of that kind of stuff is just nonsense. And this also goes into 
this totally ties into victim culture and things that you can't control, things that were done to you, but you can control how you respond and what you do with them. Right. Um, yeah. It's like, as a Christian, we say, it, it's, you know, temptation, you can't control that, but you can control with, you can control what you do with it, how you right. respond to it. You can control it. how you respond. Right. Yes. Those are the things that we should focus on, the things that we are, that we have the ability to control. That's what, Fruit. that's what makes our lives. And yet we have, we are doing everything as a culture to tell people you have no responsibility. And yet it is the, it is the ability that I, that you exercise self-control over your life to, to make it what you want it to be that gives you the sense of accomplishment and satisfaction. And we're robbing people from that when we tell them that they are not responsible for their lives. And we tell them also that their identity is all of these other things that are... Right, that you have no control yeah. over. Yeah. And we're teaching it in the schools with CRT and stuff like this. I'm going all Jordan Peterson on you here. So make your bed. <laughs> I make well, my bed every day. In fact, actually, it's not made right now. I have I put the sheets in the laundry. I got to put them in the dryer. <laughs> you do make your bed every day, actually. I, I can attest yeah, to that. Yeah, because the room, think how much better the room, my bedroom looks because the bed is made. I always think nobody's going in my bedroom except for me again tonight. I when do. I, go, back to I go in it and I see now, it. I will would throw my sheet, my you know blanket up because... You know, I, just I will say this, folks, if you bed, don't like making there, your bed like in great detail, that's why they have these big quilty, comforty, what do they call them? Right, you just Comforters. throw that over you the top. You throw that over the looks, top. Yep. If, you, if, if what's underneath that is reasonably like. smoothed out, it'll be fine. That's why, that's why they invented those things. So just get yourself a big comforter. In fact, I take the comforter off the bed every night and fold it up because yeah. I don't sleep under the dumb thing. The world's dirtiest oh man gosh. died at the age of 94, <laughs> but get this, this the crazy. best part is that it was months <laughs> after taking his first bath in decades. Yeah, he went over six, according to them, he went over, and I read about a half a dozen stories on this, and every one of them stated, not not contradictory details, but they would add something or leave something out that another story right. had had. And yes. it had been over 60 years. That was pretty much yes. agreed upon since More he had, than had seen. 60 years. And he said, for, this is a man who lived in the, um, in Iran. Yeah, Iran. Was that, yeah. And he, in the, he lived like a hermit out in the wilderness in Iran. And he, if you look up at well, like, Willie, he's The dirty. villagers built him a, like a little brick hut, but he slept in a hole. More, yeah. More than 60 years, it says. And he, because he feared it would make him sick and they actually made a documentary about him um and he would not bathe or they said eat fresh food because he thought it would make him he sick would eat and kill. so he finally bathed he finally bathed and then, and then he, he got sick and died <laughs> that's perfect I, yeah i mean i mean i'm sorry the guy died but that's perfect it actually it said really... that at one several years ago that some people tried to take him to a, like a water hole river or pond to to bathe and he jumped out of the car. Now, how, how does a... Let's say he's 90 Eight at that road point. roadkill. Oh, my gosh. And smoked pipe filled with excrement. animal excrement? Yes. That's in here, too. Now, wow. Now, the, that to me is a statement about what the human body 
can endure. This guy lived to be 94 years old. Now, I'm not even sure how they know that. I know, and we're all worried but he's eating about every little thing that we Rotten <laughs> roadkill. His preference was porcupine. He smoked. He They said he would smoke multiple cigarettes at a time, and he smoked a pipe filled with animal excrement. His body is like layered, caked in dirt and pus. He jumps out of a car at probably like the age of 90 and and survives it so he doesn't have to bathe. They wash him, and a couple months later, he's dead. I want to know why. Like, how did he actually get the wash? I can't find that. Well, I wondered about that. You wouldn't have to wash this guy. You would have to start by sandblasting him. Unfortunately, yes. It would not come off. No. The dirt. And I... I'm that's what I'm really curious about. <laughs> Villagers recently pressured him to bathe. <laughs> they took him to a bathroom. Okay, it's saying that villagers recently pressured him to bathe, and for the first time in a few months, villagers had taken him to a bathroom to wash not long after he fell ill. How in the world did he just give in all of a sudden? I'm, Maybe it was a mental I'm thing. Maybe it was a mental I'm, thing. Yeah. Because it yeah. said that he didn't bathe water and soap because of some trauma he suffered in childhood emotional setbacks in youth that's a quote emotional setbacks i wonder if he was like um you know and i thought what could that be there's a lot of now this is something that people don't know of but if you talk to military who have served in iraq and afghanistan and places like that there is a lot of childhood boy rape by men i wonder if he was too desirable (laughs) So he made himself filthy. That is the reason that some female to male detransitioners or lesbians who say they will, some people who have come out of that cite like a, a realization that they were victimized and they wanted to make themselves undesirable to a man so that it would never happen to them again as a protective thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's a possibility. It's, a, it's not outside the realm of possibility. It's not. I mean, what other childhood which, trauma would make you not Which we just bathe? took this really, uh, Funny. I don't know, your mom washing your mouth out with soap <laughs> or scrubbing you with lye to your raw. My mom Okay, but yeah, we just to took s- a really funny story and made it like really sad. My mom used to quote, rub-a-dub-dub, three men in the tub when she would wash my hair when I was a really little boy. I can remember that. That's cute. Then you brought it back. It's cute again. Yeah, so... I, I guess maybe it's because I didn't like getting my hair washed or something. So you know, that was I'm what guessing she would... that when when this Iranian man was a child, they didn't have Johnson and Johnson no tears shampoo. Maybe that's what he got. He got soap in his eyes. Yeah, and tears. So Callie may have a bathing issue at some point in the future. She cry when <laughs> she soap hates her getting eyes. her hair washed. <laughs> she acts like it's like she's dying, and there's like Callie. There's not even water in your face what do you i have actually had good luck and get i'll give her a dry washcloth and have her hold it over her eyes just uh, over her face or um they don't use the sprayer a lot of times and the from oh, the top, yeah, and i use just... that if you know and that she didn't have any problem the other day i picked her up from school and her and i um we uh emptied and the jacuzzi and refilled it it's, i do it every six months april oh, and yeah. october so we emptied and refilled it and she was out in the grass, whatever. She she was holding the drainage hose, spraying water all over the place. Then she fell down, and so her 
she was soaked because she was fell in the water that she was draining. But then she started itching. It's and, probably cold. And scratching. No, it was in the 70s. Monday oh, here it was in the oh, 70s. Nice. She started itching, just scratching all over the place. I ate it. So I took her in, I threw her in the tub and, and washed her really good If because I thought, well, if the grass has made her itchy or whatever. Right. And um, yeah, she didn't, you know, I washed her head like that and she didn't bother a bit to use a sprayer on her. So, but maybe that's just for, for grandpa. I don't, I don't know. You know, how. She's kind of become my buddy. It, She's actually said to me the other day that she wanted to yeah. go flying again, and which really oh. surprised me because the first time I took her flying, it made her stomach not feel good because I was doing real steep turns so she could see oh. out the window, look down right, at her right. house and stuff like that. Yeah. How do you think Kelly's going to feel in like 10 years? When we tell her, hey, there's all these recordings of us telling stories about you when you're three and four years old. (laughs) I don't know. How would you feel? Out there in the world. I don't know. Well, she. I guess they're not that bad. I wouldn't care. She knows that we love her and we adore her and we're not telling any bad stories about her. Yeah. I actually was surprised that her teacher. It's not like, I think this isn't as bad as, you know, the sharing of naked baby pictures. No, 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 not at all. I was surprised she knew my name um, because. Nick, your first. Yeah, my first name. Wait, your real name? Yeah. Because the her teacher came out, they they bring them out from preschool, and they'll actually like put them in their car seat and strap them in, right. so you don't have to get out and do it. And I guess on the way out, she she was like, "Grandpa's here is here," and, and so the Miss Collins asked her, "What's Grandpa's name?" So I know what to you know right. call him. And she said, "Randy." She knew my name. Oh, I was actually I surprised. I thought you said she was going to say Carl. No, I thought she was going to say Grandpa. <laughs> yeah, but no, she yeah, I, I didn't know that she actually knew yeah. that. So that's kind of surprised me. All I can say is don't try, don't traumatize your kid, kid, because I mean they might live longer if they stay dirty because they build up this amazing <laughs> immune system. But I don't want to be around them when they're smoking, it's a miserable life. smoking excrement and, and yeah. eating roadkill. Yeah. So try not to traumatize your children. <laughs>